is that some people are really good at keeping up with time with Gabe until they start to sing. <laughs> you got problems with that? Then we all got problems with that. Miss Frances says she cannot sing and clap at the same time. I won't go and mention this, Miss Pat, but I kind of noticed that you can't either. You know, <laughs> I think you were doing real well until you, until you. So that's not a bad thing, by the way. It's just that we come and we worship, just as Jason tries to inspire us to do through the through the power of the Holy Spirit that we do that, um, and we continue to keep that Christmas spirit as we've been talking about. Um, all morning. I'm really, really happy. I, I, it's been a couple of days since I've been in the facility, and I'm really, really glad that um, uh, everybody didn't take down the tree and some of the poinsettias and things like that, and the beautiful decorations, um, which means to us, Christmas isn't maybe quite over just yet, and we get to celebrate it for just a, a little bit more, and we get to think about it for just a little bit more. Um, and to tell you the truth, I, I went into a, a buddy slash Jimmy's class, uh, Sunday school class this morning for a few minutes because they have food on Fifth Sunday, so I went. And so, uh, and they have, well, you know, I'm trying to be honest here. But anyway, they, they also have a wonderful, uh, had a wonderful message this morning. It really got me thinking about, you know, if, if Christmas is over or Christmas being over and that sort of thing. And we, th- we think about Christmas being over, we, we like take all the decorations down and, and everything is, is pretty much back to the way it was pre-Christmas and we don't do a lot of those things that we were doing going up, up to Christmas. And sometimes during the course of the year, we even skip um, maybe it's the most Im- one of the most important parts, one of the most important stories during the Christmas season. So let me just share that with you. It's the story of the three wise men, or we three kings, or the three magi, or whatever you want to call them because we've made them up. The truth is, the New Testament does tell us that there were three people who came. Scripture says in the New Testament they were called magi. And nowhere in the New Testament were they called kings. So if you were to say they were the kings of some country, you were probably just guessing or maybe got it off the internet because everything's true on the internet. So um, they were not kings. Um, they were magi. Magi were probably, it's probably where we get the word magician from, or they were stargazers or astrologers, extremely smart people. And um, how many of you know how many there were? Everybody go three, but they weren't necessarily three because the scripture doesn't say there were just three. They often traveled in larger numbers than that because they were so smart and they were looking out and doing things. Well, they bought th- brought three gifts to Jesus, and so we assume that they were three uh, wise men. Um, I've never been called a wise man. I've been called a wise guy. I don't know the difference between the two, but I'm sure there is some kind of subliminal difference between a wise man and a wise guy. But, but, but there are all kinds of things that we think about when we, when we think of the, the, the wise men. And I think that, that what Matthew is trying to tell us this morning in the story um, that he knows is that some things are very important. That Christ did come to fulfill the Scripture. And he'll say that to us many times, several times in our Scripture lesson this morning. Some things are very, very important. That Jesus Christ was there. As a babe, born in a manger. And those things that we hide in our hearts that were told by the angel to Mary, we still get to hide in our hearts and still get to ponder. How God, the creator of all things, who just breathed words and it came to be, is the same God who sends 
the Christ child, His only begotten Son, into a manger to be our Savior and to be our King. All that stuff is real stuff and all that stuff is important stuff. If there were any animals in the stable, I don't know. I don't care. You know, it doesn't make any difference how many of what. doesn't even make any difference when. You know, the wise men, kings, magi, they didn't go to the manger. They went to a house. Like, if that bothers you, get over it because that's not important. And that's what I think Matthew's trying to tell us these things that are important. So Matthew tells the story of the, of, the, um, of the magi, of the kings, of the stargazers, of the astrologers, as they come and, um, um, and, and, and try to find the king of kings. Well, they're really, really smart guys, but they're not smart enough not to go to the king and ask where another king is born. That's just not advisable to do. And so it's kind of like going you know, to a CEO and ask where the new CEO's office is. You just don't do that. And so they went to the king and asked him where the new king was born. The new king gets a little bit curious and angry and decides that he's, gonna, he's got a plan. And so he sends the wise men to the uh, folks who would know. Those who are scribes, those who are Pharisees, those religious people, those church folks. He sends them to the church folks. And the church folks say, well, you know, for centuries it has been prophesied that the uh, the, uh, the, the, the the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem of Judea. And so, you know, follow the star and you'll get there. And so they follow the star and sure enough, they come to the, they come um, and sure enough, they continue to, to follow the star. Now, meanwhile, meanwhile, the shepherds come um, and, um, um, and, and, and come to where um, the manger scene is and then they leave. And then, a little, by, a little while later, the, um, the wise men come, and, um, and it begins in Matthew chapter 2, and I'm going to begin in verse 13, Matthew chapter 2, verses 13, verses um, through 23, and here's the way Matthew tells it. Here is what happens to the wise men and to Jesus when Christmas is over. Now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, and flee to Egypt, and stay there until, you, until I bring you word. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. When he arose, he took the young child, his mother by night, and departed for Egypt. And there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord. Through the prophet saying, Out of Egypt I called my son. Then Herod, when he saw that he was deceived by the wise man, was exceedingly angry, and he sent forth and put to death all the male children who were born in Bethlehem and all its districts, from two years old and under, according to the time which he had determined from the wise men. Then was fulfilled what was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet, saying, A voice was heard in Ramah, lamentation, weeping, and great mourning. Rachel weeping for her children, refusing to be comforted, because they are no more. Now when Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother. Go to the land of Israel, for those who sought the young child's life were dead. Then he arose, took the child, the young child and his mother, and came into the land of Israel. But 
When he heard that Archelaus was reigning over Judea instead of his father, Herod, he was afraid to go there. And being warned by God in a dream, he turned aside into the region of Galilee. And he came and dwelt in the city called Nazareth, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophets. He shall be called a Nazarene. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God for it. If you had been listening over the last four weeks, I, I told you so. Um, in the four Sundays before Advent, we talked over and over about, the first Sunday we talked about how in the, in the, in, in the Christ we have hope, and then, and then we talked about um, in the Christ we have faith, and in, in Christ we have joy, and finally in Christ we have love. And in all those things we have because of Christmas, all those things we have because Christ really came, as Jason said, really, really, really came as a real, real person, as a real, real babe, in a real, real manger. And because of that, we have this, this spirit of Christmas. And the spirit of Christmas comes on us in spite of everything else. No matter where we are in our lives, no matter where we are in sickness, or whether we're healthy, whether we are struggling in family matters or financial matters, or whether we are absolutely content in all material things, Christmas comes and just kind, of, just kind of wipes all those things away. Christmas comes and reminds us what's important. It is, it is when we go to um, deliver the gift to the senior citizen that we pull off the angel tree that suddenly Christmas kind of comes into our spirit. It's what it's all about. When, when we look into the eyes, to the heart of a child, and, and we see that, you know what, that, that, kid, that kid really cares about the, the gift, but, but that's not really what it's all about. The kid, the kid really understands the love that was given in that gift. That, that's, I think that's when we, we realize what, what Christmas is all about. When, when, when a husband and a wife who've been married for many, 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 many years with children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren still love one another because Christ has put that love together and Christ has bonded that love and even on those days where they don't feel in love it's Christ who put it there and it's that Christmas spirit that overwhelms us that no matter who we are no matter where we've been and no matter where we find our circumstances it's it's during these days of Christmas that uh, that the spirit just changes and Christmas changes us now, sometimes it's just one look at a beautiful tree or a poinsettia or a crash or whatever it is that that, um, that reminds us of, uh, of the beautiful spirit of, of which God the Father gave His only Son for you and for me. And He causes us to have joy and to go tell it on the mountain and, and to go and do all those things and spend all the money that we would not have spent otherwise and do all the things and go to places we really didn't want to go to see people we really didn't want to go see. But all of a sudden, then Christmas is, a, is Christmas. And, and here it is, four days, I guess, after Christmas. And how many of you have already heard or even have said, I sure am glad Christmas is over. Don't raise your hand. I sure am glad that's over. Glad Christmas is over. And yet, we're those same people who, who looked so forward to getting some stuff off of our mind and our conscience. We are those same people who, who looked so forward to the Christmas spirit, thinking Christmas was going to change everything. 
thinking that Christmas and the Christ child was going to make everything different and everything better and everything perfect. And four days after Christmas, we found um, that um, Christmas is completely over. Some commentary um, uh, once uh, said uh, this past week when I was reading it, that, that Christmas is obviously the most dynamic thing and celebration that we have, and yet it is, it is one of the most abrupt stops that we'll ever experience. It's over faster than anything we've ever known. As soon as I got, we got back from having Christmas lunch, because we had Christmas lunch and Christmas Eve lunch and Christmas Eve Eve lunch, and I know we had Christmas Eve Eve Eve, Eve lunch, and, and, then we've, and then we've tried to eat all of the stuff that y'all sent to us, and and um, Diane um, um, reverently asked that you don't get any more stuff to me for a while because she eats it before I do. Um, and the idea is to put on weight, and it works. And so she says that she doesn't want to. But anyway, you can put my name on it. But anyway, um, anyway, during Christmas, uh, during during Christmas, we have done all the Christmas things that 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 you're supposed to do at Christmas, and. And about as soon as we finish that last Christmas meal, we're not finished with the, some of the good stuff. And, um, but as soon as we finished the, the meal and we came home and we pretty much gone to see all of what the granddaughters had gotten and, and, and the children's reactions and that sort of thing. And, um, and pretty soon after that, um, Diane started uh, taking down Christmas decorations. Y'all do that? Anybody else do that? I take down the Christmas decorations? Some of them do it the same day. But and then what was uh, yesterday? Saturday. So two days after, three days after Christmas, she was here with me because I, I wasn't able to help her pick up the Christmas tree. Watch the only thing she had left, and I, she needed to put it away. Didn't have anything on it but lights. Uh, she'd already stripped it naked, so it's like uh, go put the tree up. Um, which which means that you know now it's time for football, bowl games, and basketball games, and Christmas is pretty much pretty much over. So what happened before Christmas, with all of this Christmas spirit, and what happened before Christmas, whatever, we were just so sure that we have the Christmas spirit in us, and, and, that, and that the Christ child has come, and joy to the world, the Lord has come, and, and we're going to come and, and adore Him, and all of those wonderful things. And then Christmas kind of just got over, didn't it? He just kind of, he just kind of did that. That's what happened at the first Christmas. You see, the way we, the way we make it wonderful and, and magic is by saying that a child was born in a, in a manger. And that's supposed to be a sweet thing. I, I'm not so sure how cool it is to be born in a hog trough, but it is supposed to be a, a wonderful thing. Wrapped in swaddling clothes, which was probably not the swaddling clothes we think about. But, but we have so much made the Christmas thing what we want it to be, a, a time, of, a, a time of, the, of sweetness and kindness. And, and it is a, a wonderful time when, when God makes that move to send His Son to earth so that we could be forgiven of our sins and saved from our sins, and indeed from that day forward. Um, be forgiven from that day forward, have our, um, our sanctification, have our salvation in the Christ child. So it is a good, sweet thing. 
what the Bible doesn't do is it doesn't have these little notes like a song note does that tells you when it's supposed to be sung louder or, or said softer. It doesn't tell you exactly um, in, in the Bible. It doesn't tell you exactly the, the, the exclamations or the lack of that, um, that the people in the Bible are, are saying. And so, so we continue to think of Christmas and, and we look at the story of Joseph. We did that, we did that last week. And we, think of, and we think of the angel coming to Joseph, and Joseph's lying there just about to fall asleep, about to have a dream. And, um, and he's, he's contemplating, it says in the Scriptures. He's thinking, he's pondering about what he's going to do with Mary, who is, um, who is with child but not married. It's only engaged only to him. And the angel comes to him, and, 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 it's, and it's almost, and maybe we've made it that way, but I think maybe it is. It's almost as if the, the angel was comforting to Joseph and saying, calm down, Joe. Everything's going to be fine. You see that child in which your fiancé is carrying? That's the Christ child. That's heaven's child. That's God's baby. That's the Redeemer. You're one special dude that God has chosen you to be his earthly father. And I'll make you a promise. It's going to be okay one way or the other. Because God is in it. Name him Emmanuel. He'll save his people from their sins. Name him Jesus. God is with us. And it seems to me as though the angel would have a nice, wonderful, um, comforting message for Joseph that day. And then, and then we find that the babe comes and the shepherds come. And again, Joseph gets a dream. And the angel says to him this time, Run! Which is an awful lot different than, It's okay, Joe. He says, Go, go away, run, go to Egypt, because that's the only place you're going to be saved because, because there's somebody who wants to kill him. And if you want to save your son, you need to go run to another place, run to Egypt, you'll be safe, you'll be okay. Stay there, I'll let you know when Herod is out of the way and gone. And your son is safe. And we read the story where Herod indeed has all the babies, all the male babies, two years old and under, um, killed. So he can kill Jesus because he has this plan. He is, um, he is not, he was, he's angry, I think the scripture says, because he was deceived by the wise men. And now I figure that's why they call him wise. Because they knew good and well that Herod did not want to go worship any other king. So they, they deceived him, and so he decided he would, he would strike back. And so the angel comes now to Joseph with a, with a dream, with the instructions to run and go. Well, as soon as Herod dies, the angel does exactly what the angel says that the angel will do, and says to Joseph, you can go to Israel, and because that's God's chosen people. And just about the time Joseph leaves, and he hears that the son of Herod is now in charge, and he's a chip off the old block, and that doesn't fall too far from the tree, and he's going to have the same kind of attitude, and the angel guides him another way. And, and after he stays there for a while, um, the angel guides him on to Galilee, where Nazareth is, where Joseph makes his home. At every juncture of the dreams 
every time he has a dream. Matthew wants us to know that it's God's will that this happened, and I'll tell you why I say that. Every time the angel says, run, then Joseph Matthew says, and this was done so that the prophet prophecy would be fulfilled, that he would be born in Bethlehem. And when he gets to Egypt and the angel says, go, Matthew says, and this was done so that it will be fulfilled, the words that were said, my son shall come out of Egypt. And then when the angel sends him to Nazareth, Matthew says, this was done because it was written that the Messiah should be called a Nazarene. Matthew wants us to know for sure without a shadow of a doubt that this is the one. This is the Messiah. This is the one about whom every prophet prophesied. There was no doubt in anybody's mind, and Matthew wants us to know that. But here's the deal. From the time that the sweet little manger scene happens until the shepherds and wise men, or shepherds leave, it's, it's, it's like um, Christmas is over, the shepherds go back, the wise men go another way, and Herod is trying to kill you. What was happening before Christmas still happens after Christmas. Herod never did want another king. This whole thing was political to begin with, if you look at it one way. The, um, the wise men just came and paid their homage and then left, just as they had planned. The shepherds said, after we go and see this thing which has taken place, shepherds never leave their flock. And so everything kind of came back the same way. But I want to concentrate for the next couple of three minutes on one particular person with which we can relate, I think. And that person is Joseph. Because I think that the angel comes to us in our time of need. Now, it may not come as an angel. If it does, it may startle us beyond our thinking. And, and we just might get just absolutely uh, uh, absolutely uh, unsettled. But, but in our spirits or in our dreams or, or while we're, we are awake, um, you know, we have decisions to make every day. And each and every day, we decide what we're going to do. And, and Joseph was, was comforted by this angel and said, you're okay. You can do this thing. Take your wife and don't worry about um, um, embarrassing her. Take her and, and make her your wife because you're going to have this, this, this wonderful child. And Joseph made a conscientious decision to do exactly what the angel had said to do. Now, before Christmas, that's a lot easier to do. Before Christmas, it's a lot easier to say, and the Spirit said to me, there are some folks in a family that really need my help at Christmas. And, and that one person just needs a, a small gift of a scarf or a small, a small visit with a smile. And, and, and that, I can do that before Christmas. Because before Christmas, I have this wonderful Christmas spirit down in my heart. But if Christmas is over, then I'm sure somebody else can go visit that person. And if they really wanted it, they'd get a job. There's a real big difference between before Christmas and after Christmas. Before Christmas, it's that time of, um, of, of hearing Christmas carols, even when they're not on the radio, um, or on the television, you just ride down the road and you're just humming 
uh, Christmas songs like Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer and stuff like that. And this, these wonderful, warm, fuzzy things come into your heart when you start thinking about these, these Christmas songs. But after Christmas, after Christmas, I, I liked the way Jason said it. I, I weren't able to listen to any Christmas songs uh, this morning. There was a particular station that plays, that plays uh, Christmas music on the way to church. But, and it's still playing church music, but it's not playing Christmas music um, uh, anymore. Um, and so Christmas is over. So we still have to make the decisions that Joseph had to make. But as we're looking at Joseph, and he made his decision before Christmas, that indeed he was going to be the father, the earthly father, the one who was going to look after, the Christ child, the one that God sent. And then, he's, then all the stuff happens, and he can't get a room, and his, his child is, really, is, really is born in a manger. Because whenever Diane used to ask our boys, and they'd leave the doors open, any of you mamas ask your children when you leave the doors open, what were you born in a barn? Y'all ever been asked that? I know Wendy and Ricky have been asked. Were you born in a barn? Well, Jesus really was. And so he's like, the only one that I know, there may have been some more, but he really was born in the staples. All those things, all those things, Joseph had to, to understand. Why it was that Christ had to come like he came. Why it was that he had to be who he had to be. Why it was that he was chosen. And at every situation, he always obeyed, which, which would tell me pretty, pretty clearly why God chose Joseph instead of me to be Jesus' earthly father, because Joseph just made the right decision because of what the angel um, ha- had said. And my question to me this morning is, if Christmas is over, will I still make those same decisions Joseph made the conscientious decision that he was going to get him away from Bethlehem, even though Bethlehem was prophesied as the birth of the Messiah. He was going to get him out of Egypt because he needed to save his life. He was going to get him not yet to Israel because of Herod. He was going to get him to Nazareth because all those things were simply because that's what the angel had said for him to do. And before Christmas, it was a nice warm and fuzzy story, and since Christmas is over, it's no longer a warm, fuzzy story, it's reality. It's decision-making time. It's what we need to do when we need to do it. So what is it? What is it that we do? I mean, if, if, if Christmas is over, what do we need to do today? What is it we need to do to handle our circumstances now? What is it we need to do to make the right decisions now. We can, we can close our eyes and wait like a little under 12 months and, um, and we'll have Christmas again. Um, we could leave our Christmas trees up all year round. I tried to get Diane to do that for convenience reasons, but she didn't swallow that line. Um, we, well, we could, we could sing Christmas carols all year round. We could, we could just leave the church decorated. We could be, we could be celebrating Christmas. We could just... We could shout to the world that Christmas is not over, that Christmas won't be over for a long, long time, that Christmas won't be over until Jesus comes back that second time. That's when Christmas will really be here. That's when Christmas will really, really, really be over. And until that time, 
we'll just, um, we'll still celebrate the spirit and the true meaning of Christmas. Here's my two cents, as me and the food line like to say. It is my prayer that Christmas is not over so soon at my house and that Christmas is not over so soon at your house or at our church. You know, you don't have to leave up the decorations all year and you don't have to look like a nut and sing joy to the world in January, in July. But it is my prayer that we continue with those same type of decisions and continue to make those same type of moves even even now, because Christmas is not over. Uh, you know, instead of, 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 of joy coming to us because our sports team won, um, mine did, by the way, but instead of, um, instead of making that our joy, having joy to the world because, why? The Lord has come. And, and the world didn't bring the joy. It was joy to the world because the, the Lord has come. We could do that all year round. When we come to the altar in the mornings and, and during our services or whenever you come, it's a wonderful time that we come and give God our, our butler list. Okay, God, I need for this person to be healed. I need for this person to be saved. I need for this person to do, have this. And this person needs to do this. And Lord, if you'll just take care of all those, then I'll give you praise and glory and thank you very much. And instead of doing that, what if we had that Christmas Spirit, and really did come to the altar saying, Oh, come, let us adore Him because He's Christ the Lord. Just come and adore Him. Come and adore Him. If He never does anything else for me, I still need to come and let us adore Him. If He never ever does anything else good for me, He has indeed and still is given me the giving me the Christmas spirit. And for me, well, maybe Christmas is not over. It, it, it seems as though, it seems as though um, Joseph may be a bit more stubborn than you and me. Joseph has to continue to have the angels guide him step by step, but I'm not so sure that I would pay attention to the angels if they did guide me step by step. I got a feeling I'm a little bit more hard-headed than Joseph. I don't want to hear amens. Over there, but I just got a feeling that 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 pre-Christmas and after Christmas might be different with with Jerry, and it might be different for you. In closing, yesterday I was watching a football game, and one of the commercials had um, it was a commercial for one of those real expensive cars. I don't know which one because it doesn't make any difference to me. But it was one of those real expensive cars, either ones with the circles or the ones that do like that. That's the only way I know. And, and this very, very nice, good-looking model gets up front and she says, it's time to say goodbye to those silly holiday sales. And she's absolutely right. It's time to say goodbye to those silly holiday sales. It's time to say goodbye to those silly um, holiday things that may or may not matter. Three wise men are 30. My goodness, two days or two years. She goats or nothing, that, those things, it's time to say, it's time to say goodbye to Christmas gifts and, and all the things that, that um, instill in us that Christmas spirit. It's time to say Christmas is not over. I don't know about you, but I sat on Christmas Eve 
evening when we were together that, um, um, that I was not going to miss this Christmas, and, and I did not. We had, the most, we had the most meaningful Christmas simply because we were together, simply because we were all here and healthy, and God gave me just this wonderful, awesome, good, healthy day all day long Christmas. And, and that Christmas spirit, according to my decisions, can continue on as I trust him to do whatever it is he wants me to do, as I listen for the angels to tell me what path to take next or whether or not I decide that Christmas is over. And for me, Christmas is not over. Lord, let it begin with cheer. We're going to have our prayer time and and then in our closing song, you're welcome to come and kneel at the altar and as we pray together. Lord in heaven, we thank you for this day and for this Christmas time. We thank you that it is still as Christmas, that Christmas is not over. And, and on that day when you return again, only this time with, um, with, with power and glory and from the clouds on high, will Christmas be over? Because from that day on, we will then realize that all of the things, all the decisions we made have led up to this one wonderful, wonderful experience of heaven. Your scripture says nothing can ever separate us from your love. Nothing. Life, death, nakedness, peril, sword. None of those things, you tell us, will ever be able to separate us from you. We have been with you, Lord, over these last days, celebrating this Christmas season. And we believe and trust that nothing can, celebrate, can separate us now. And so we thank you for that. Lord, help us to be mindful of our decisions, just as Joseph was mindful. Help us to listen to the right thing and do those right things. And help us to have confidence that what we're hearing and knowing is from you. And Lord, help us always, always to have Christmas. Lord, we thank you so much for hearing our prayers. We pray this morning um, for Hampton Lee. Um, Lord, request by Susan Sutton. Hampton has pneumonia and MRSA. And so, Lord, you know about those diseases and, and what they um, can cause and what havoc they can they can have on our, our bodies, and we just, we just pray for Hampton. Lord, we know, and you know even better, Mr. Tommy Beeman, his faith, his love for you, his, his desire to be in your house every Sunday. And so many Sundays he can't make it, and so many Sundays he's even in the hospital. And Lord, we pray for strength and for healing for him. And Lord, this is requested by his family, but we pray for his family as they help him to make the right decisions on what to do and help him to have a good life and remind him every day of your love for him. Lord, we pray for Donna, uh, Donna Kearney's special friend um, who was uh, just diagnosed with a kidney mass. And Lord, you know our fear whenever we, we hear that terminology at all. And so we do pray for our special friend, Lord. We pray, oh God, for uh, Cheryl Hendrickson's sister, it's a lung disease. She has trouble breathing. Um, 
And Lord, um, Harvey requests this, and, and, and we all know exactly what it's like just to be a little short-winded, um, just to like not being able to breathe real well. But Lord, when you have trouble breathing, it, and, and it makes you even more, even more um, um, troubled, and even more afraid. So we pray for Harvey's sister and pray that, uh, that Cheryl would get peace and, and, and would get healing, Lord. Um, Lord, there are others on our hearts who are having um, biopsies tomorrow. Um, I pray, uh, Lord, that you would be with me as I have my chemo tomorrow and with Diane. I pray that you would be with all the doctors and all of those who maybe got a little bit of a break from surgeries and from procedures for this Christmas season. And for them, Christmas definitely is over. It's back to the real world. And so we pray for them. We pray for any and all this morning who are here this morning who just don't understand what it's like to have that real Christmas spirit, to remember what it's like to have hope and peace and joy and love. And so we pray that you would remind them that Advent leads up to Christmas and that Christmas doesn't end, that it continues with them, that this story is not over, that we make a decision every day to make a result of this story. We thank you, Lord, for hearing our prayers. Lord, let it begin. Or rather, let Christmas not end at Garris Chapel. Amen.